Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, head coach at Wauwatosa East and past president of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-hosts. Tom Yashinsky, head coach at Onalaska and WFCA Northern Vice President, and Paul Novinsky, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Gentlemen, we are in the midst of a statewide air quality alert. Um, we've stayed indoors the last three days for workouts, and we canceled our seven-on-seven seven yesterday against Whitefish Bay because of it. How are things where you guys are at? Tom, have you had to change your workout plans? Uh, we have not. I mean, I think we're kind of going through the same thing everybody else is. I don't know if the east side of the state maybe is a little bit thicker, but um, I don't know if we just haven't really thought about it. But uh, we've just been business as usual, so it's been kind of nice. Paul, what's it like in the northern part it's of the state? pretty bad. I mean, you won't go outside. Yesterday, if you didn't have a mask, you kind of were being in trouble. So uh, most people are kind of changing a little bit what they're doing. Morning seems to be better than night. I don't know why. But it just seems to be. But it is have definitely affected the state of Wisconsin. It sure has. Gentlemen, we have the 4th of July coming up next week. I don't know how you look at it. But for me, the 4th always seemed to indicate the end of my summer. When you take a look at football starting on August 1st and contact days coming up, it's sort of like, for me, my summer lasts from the end of the school year to July 4th. And then I'm completely in football mode. Uh, do either of you guys have big plans for the 4th? Paul? I I don't coach anymore, so I haven't coached for a while. So my plans and usually involve fishing, hunting, motorcycle riding, sitting on the porch, relaxing, and not watching huddle. <laughs> not watching huddle. I hear no, you. Maybe the little mermaid I want might watch, but that's about it. There you go. I don't blame you for that. I hear that's a good movie. Um, how about you, Tom? Anything big? Your kids in a fourth of July parade or anything? Uh my in-laws live in Wild Rose, so we always end up uh, at Wild Rose at the lake. And um, for the first time, we are taking the entire 4th of July week off as a as a summer lifting and whatnot. So uh, that'll be nice just to give the entire, everybody in the athletic department a uh, week off to recoup and go on a little vacation and get your minds right. Well, I wish you and everybody else, our listeners, a great 4th of July. Paul? I just was going to tell Yashinsky, there's like five or six really good trout streams while Wild Rose, so... You know, if you're yellow, you know, the pine, you got to get on those. Well, I'm sure he will. He'll add that to his to-do list next week. Hey, fellas, I'm really looking forward to today's podcast. We're going to announce to the public for the first time our WFCA Hall of Fame class of 2024. Anyone who's been inducted or even attended the WFCA Hall of Fame banquet will tell you it is one of the most special events they've ever been to. With us to talk about everything related to the WFCA Hall of Fame is Hall of Fame Chairman John Hoke. John, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us, uh, having me and having WFC. This is a great opportunity for us to introduce our 2024 class going into Hall of Fame. And every year I'm just amazed since I've been involved in it, which I was for a while and I'm chairman of it. Um, the quality of coaches we have in the state of Wisconsin that uh, give up their time and energy. And, and, and I, you know, I, I'm preaching to choir when I talk to you guys, cause you understand it, but 
there's a lot of unsung heroes out there and it's not everybody can be at a, uh, winning school, uh, school that, you know, goes to state championships all year, but they work extremely hard and, and to have them maybe have a 500 record or, uh, you know, win 50% of their games through their career, long career, uh, is, is something special. John, I know you take great joy in the WFC Hall of Fame, and you've basically just said that. But, um, you know, what are one or two, maybe three things that come to mind when you, you know, the best things that are associated to the Hall of Fame with your involvement um, that you've uh, uh, you know, had so far? Well, my number one thing is when uh, I, I remember when Dick used to do, used to get a letter, and I don't know, we changed that a little bit, that I get to call these coaches up and these award winners up. And, uh, you know, I've had them out in, in the mountains in Montana answer their phone. And I've had them, you know, down in Florida on a vacation and out on a cruise. And, and, and every time I talk to somebody and, and, you know, that is going to be inducted Hall of Fame, it's just like uh, they're, they're overwhelmed. They, they can't be, they, they, you know, nobody expects it. And that's nobody's goal when they get into the coaching Oh, I hope someday I'm in the Hall of Fame. That's that's just another little uh, thing that helps us. Uh, I should say, probably, you know, tops your career, and that and that's what most of the time it does. So that's that's my most favorite part of it uh, of the Hall of Fame. My second thing is that when I look at it is when we get into the Hall of Fame uh, that night when we have the banquet on the last day of the clinic, which would be April sixth this year. Um, it, 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 the the listen to all these individuals and their and their what they've done over the years and I've read it but to have somebody else like uh, Dave Keel who does our announcing or does our MC him pronounce or introduce all that it, it's just amazing I you forget about it but it's and to see all the family members there I, you know I. One of the best moments, and it, maybe it's because he was a good friend of mine, Bruce Larson, last year when he got oh, in. Yeah. And it was a two, three-minute standing ovation for what Bruce had done for the state of Wisconsin. And, and it, you know, he, he was a great friend of mine, and I, I uh, really miss him. And he, it was just an outstanding emotional event day for me. Well, there was, I, I was there obviously, and, and there wasn't a dry eye in the place. Um, that was a, a incredible tribute uh, to Bruce Larson and all the things that, that he accomplished. Uh, you know, John, you took uh, the hall of fame over from Dick Rundle. This is really Dick Rundle's brain uh, child, uh, the hall of fame. Um, you know, so there was a lot of things in place already. And I, I can tell you, I think that you've improved the hall of fame. You've really done a lot to, to make things a little different, but what was it like taking over the hall of fame from, um, you know, the uh, event and, and all the things related to it from Dick Rundle? Well, it was, it was nerve wracking because Dick Rundle, as you know, is a, is a core is a, of the, our WFCA. It's not only the hall of fame, but everything that WFC stands for it. Dick Rundle had a vision and really, really took off on that. And, and, you know, he had his way of doing things because he, he was he 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 got his way whatever you know and, and his envis his visions were 
always for the WFCA. It, it was amazing how he was able to do that. And, and so it was nerve wracking, number one, but then after getting into it and, and realizing uh, how much, what you're able to give to these coaches that get into the hall of fame, it's just, it was great. And, you know, we've changed some things and, and correct, uh, not corrected, but made it a little bit. And, you know, I'm on a national hall of fame, uh, selection or national coach of year selection. And, and, uh, I, I found out that they're doing a rubric and I said, God, that'd be great to bring that into our association for the hall of fame. So, you know, instead of just kind of knowing about these kids or these kids, I'm sorry, knowing about these coaches and, and having them, uh, uh, I got dogs here. So, <laughs> they, they just came into the house with my granddaughter so there you go uh, uh, having those uh coaches uh i forgot where the heck i was it's my you're talking about the rubric at me, so. <laughs> yeah no you're talking about the rubric yeah the rubric which is Thank very you. helpful by the way being yeah, on the yeah. hall of fame committee having that rubric is is very helpful yeah and, and it, we've made some changes to it and everything else so it, it's it's always been fun uh, to do that. And, uh, my granddaughter, <laughs> she, she's smiling at me. I can't help it. Uh, when you only have one like this, it's, it's really neat. Yeah. I know I'm not as lucky as Tom and able to go to a movie later, but, uh, <laughs> so anyway, the rubric does, it, it, it helps us solidify what we're, what we're thinking. And it's yeah. not much different than what we're used to, but it really helps when it's close and we've narrowed down. We, we try to limit it to like 10 to 11 people going into the hall of fame every year. And it gets harder and harder every year as we see these great coaches come through. Yeah. Paul. Well, I, I got my call when I was on my motorcycle, John called me and I was in Duran, uh, which, and it was this very special moment, but John, can you go through the process? I, I know a little bit about the process, but I don't know if a lot of people understand the process of what the requirements are and what you need to do and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. One, one is you have to be uh, – definitely have to be in the coaching ranks, number one, is that you somehow involved in football some way because we do have some officials that are in a citation award area that are involved in football that get in it. But we – you know, in football and then you – um, you get introduced or you get nominated by another Hall of Fame member or an active football coach, and that starts the process. That goes into Sharna, and then we form a – Sharna sends out. There's a form that has to be filled out uh, from, you know, everything and what – you know, we lose out on some great coaches because it's a time you're supposed to be really – you know, we tell them, hey, tell us everything about you. And some coaches are so humble that they don't, well, I coached here and I just did this, I did that. And sometimes that, if you don't know the person, like some of us know them individually, we can highlight that it's a little bit more than just what they do. So as all coaches, they keep it kind of simplified and things like that. So um, that's that process. And then once we get that, we, Charner collects it all. She, and she's great as organizer of all this and then sends all the information to every one of the eight members on the hall of fame selection committee. 
I do the rubric just to bring it to a close. And uh, I think that gets Tom, does that get sent out to you too? The rubric that, yes. or, uh, that the point totals that I have at the end of the rubric. Yes. And it, it lists a lot of different things that you can go example, like how many years you've been a head coach, how many years you've been assistant, uh, conference championships, you know, you, but not everything is success as, as we have some that, you know, you're just in a situation and it's tough to win those things, but you get points. The people always think, well, you know, what about victories? And our victories is the lowest point value that you get. It's more, uh, more with how you've done, you know, in, in the services and the honors and that you received and the services you do for WFC, the services you do for the football, the services you do for many of the other things that you have. John, one of the things that I, I, I appreciate in, in regards to the Hall of Fame committee, and again, I've, I've been on it for a while and I'm thankful that I am, is you've made sure that the entire state is represented on this committee. We have people from the south, the north, the, the east part of the state, the western part of the state, um, large schools, middle-sized schools, small schools. And it's amazing when I go to the, the, the meeting yearly, and there are guys nominated that are great candidates that I really don't know anything about other than what I see on their bio sheet and on the rubric. But there's always somebody in that room that knows that coach and can, can fill in some of the blanks. Um, have you done that on purpose? Yeah, you know, and we, we do that. We, when I got together and did that, we looked at making sure that we – it was some coach that really keeps involved in it. And, and most of them are, uh, not all of them, but are, are retired coaching members and, and that, you know, that know their area of state. Like you say, the Southwest part of the state, you know, our Southeast, excuse me. I'm from the Southwest and now I'm up North. So I kind of know that area. When you go over the Southeast or even the Eastern part of the state, you might know a few of the coaches, but you don't know everybody. And we get, we get that covered uh, and people come in, well, this guy here has done a great job and that and you, you didn't really know all that. If, if that, if that wasn't covered by the people that we have represented. Right. You know, and, and the other thing that, that I enjoy, you know, in terms of that, that meeting is sort of the honesty that, that everybody has uh, regarding um, the nominees, you know, and, um, you know, this isn't about trying to get friends in, this isn't about, um, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, one part of the state gets more in than other parts of the state. It's just, you know, the people on the committee just work together and do the very best they can to have the, the best representation, um, of the, the, the worthy coaches in that hall of fame yearly. Yes, it is. It's, uh, I'm very impressed and, and of the professionalism that we have within our group that, you know, everybody's able to bring up their opinions and thoughts and we accept them and we, we go and we try to weigh those in and, you know, it, it gets, you know, there's some like what we always say, Tom slam dunks. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? And then there's many of them that are bouncing on the rim a little bit. If, if you relate to that and, you know, which one goes in, which one doesn't. And then we say, well, Hey, this one, this is a definite person that's going to go in, but it's not. And, and one thing that Dick 
told me, and I try to look at when I look at this, is make sure you get them in before they're too old, if there's such a thing as that, um, or before they're deceased. Uh, you know, if you got to, because you have to be 50 years old to qualify for it. And we had one candidate that was under 50 this year and uh, was an outstanding member that could be, uh, that is going to go into the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about it. But we want to get some of those other people that are, you know, the older. So if, I always look at it. That's this is one thing on my part is if I have somebody that's pretty close, that's 55 and somebody that's 65, let's put 65 in this year. Yeah. Next year, put him on a list for next year. If, if it gets down to that and we want to, that was one thing that Dick told me, make sure you get them in before they're, they're too old or deceased or however that might be. Yeah. Tom. Uh, John, how often does a person that, that gets nominated and that you guys plan on putting in, how often might they say, uh, you know, no or not yet? Um, you know, I know Bruce Larson was one who was nominated many times and he, and he kind of pushed it down the road and said, not yet, not yet. Um, <clears throat> and, and obviously really sad that, that we didn't get to celebrate Bruce while he was still alive, but but did get to celebrate with his family last year. But how often does that happen where somebody says, not yet? There's, it happens more than you think. Uh, we have this group, and and fortunately, uh, it's not as much, but there's one or two a year. Uh, last year, we had one that turned it down for a variety of different reasons. and and uh, But Bruce Larson, and if you look at it, uh, one of our most successful coaches in the state of Wisconsin turns it down every year. I mean, we've tried to get him in, and and he, he says, no, not yet, not yet. And Bruce Larson was ironic. I, he, like I said, he was a very good friend of mine. I stayed at his house. He stayed at my house. And I've worked some clinics for him. He's worked for me. And and finally, he admit he said, you know, that's for people that retire. And then finally, he did say he was going to go in. And it's just so unfortunate that he passed before he could be there. But it does happen. Um, we don't. You know, you know, and we move on. And that's why sometimes there might be uh, less than what we have. But like we say, we try to limit the 10 to 11 people going in every year. And it, it, it helps with that. John, we can't overlook the, the job that Sharna does in all of this. Um, I, I really think we should give her some love. Don't you agree? Well, I think uh, what she does for our whole association is unbelievable. Uh, you know, keeping, you know, the, not only the hall of fame, but, uh, uh, you know, like the all, all-star booklet or the, that's coming up here shortly. And, and, you know, and I know that she is all of a sudden she'll have like three or four things that are really pressing. Then she might have a little downtime, but uh, it's amazing how she's able to keep that organized. And without her, I would be lost. And there's sometimes I'll forget about something, even though we, Sharon and I met when I took over and we wrote down, I said, Sharna, I really don't know when all this takes place. What, what, what did Dick exactly, you know, have down? So we we set up our itinerary. Okay, first work in April, we do this. First week in May, we do this, or whatever it might be, you know. And, and then it really gets heavy towards the end of that when Sharna's working with the clinic, and then we're also trying to do the Hall of Fame. And, uh, she takes care of all the tickets for the Hall of Fame, and uh, and keeps all the records from one year to the next. And how many times does she bring out the black book, Tom? 
Oh, and, often. Uh, you know, and, and that's got everybody's yeah. record in it. Yeah. And when it gets to be their, if they were nominated and then it gets to be their fifth year, Sharna will send them a, a notice saying, you know, you're up. Uh, we'll put you back in for five years if you re-up your information. And that happens. And she does all that. So it, it's quite amazing the work that she does. Paul? I just... Um nominated a person worked with her it is a pleasure always to work with her it was so easy to do she is so full of knowledge and and helpful and you know we obviously we wouldn't be where we are without her yeah and, and you know again i we've we've sung her praises often on this podcast and on the old radio show and and she's kind of the heart and soul of, of wfca in a lot of ways well john i think it's time to announce the 2024 inductees the way uh, we're going to do this is John will announce the name and I'll give some career highlights. Paul and Tom uh, will add into, um, you know, the career highlights for coaches that they know. Um, unlike the radio show, when John and I used to do this, we don't have any time constraints and we really want to give everybody their due. So um, John, I'm going to hand it over to you and, and you, you do your thing and, and, and we will, um, I'll try to keep up with you in regards to information on these inductees. You bet. You bet. No problem. Uh, our, our, uh, we'll start out with head coaches, and, and we have them listed here. Tom Chase from Wanamiga, Fremont. I think that's where he spent most of his time, but he's also coached at Ripon and Randolph. Tom has spent 28 years as a head coach, and he has uh, 123 wins, and he's been in the playoffs 11 times. Um, Tom has also been uh, district coach of the year twice for the WFCA. Um, Tom has a long list of WFCA service. He's, he was a district rep for 16 years. Um, he was the head coach of the North in the first small school all-star game. Um, he's also um, an all, has been an all-star game assistant. And uh, um, importantly, he was also the Dick and Margie Rundle positive influence of coaching winner in 2015 and and Tom every time around him I, I just I just love being around him because he's such a calm quiet guy and I, I'm just so glad that he's gotten in Paul yeah I've known Tom since he started coaching um a great role model great positive person he actually was at YWE or Fremont for a long time ripping college then for a short time and now is the head coach at Randolph um Super, super composure, and the things he's done for kids every at every level is incredible. I think we can go on to the next one, John. Can I can I just throw in with Tom? I yeah, I, you know. So I called him up, and this is probably the craziest point. If you ever call him up, I, and you might not have. Yeah, this is Tom Chase. Just want to let you know I love chocolate chip cookies. And he goes on. He says, "You want me to call call you back?" Make sure you have a chocolate chip cookie for me. It's like a 30-second thing about chocolate chip cookies. And, and then he called me back, and I saw it was time. I said, I, I have a chocolate chip cookie, but you're going to have to wait till I see you to get it. <laughs> That's the Tom Chase I know for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, next candidate, our nesting ducky. Our next one is Tim Eastlake from uh, River Valley. Uh, that honestly was down in my area of the state, and it was a battle every year that River Valley and Lancaster went head to head. 
Well, Tim spent 19 years as head coach at River Valley and accumulated 120 wins, 16 years in the playoffs. That's not bad when you're in the playoffs, 16 out of your 19 years. Uh, Tim has one year of a, as a state runners up, and he received a various coach of the year award honors five times. Um, he also spent, like most of our coaches that get in, do things in the All-Star game. He was the offensive coordinator for the small school South team in 2011. Paul? Yeah, one of my players was his assistant coach. So I got a chance to know him. My player got a chance to coach with him for a while. So the thing that I really was neat about him is the year he went to state, and John, you probably know, they're always a run-dominated team. And that was the year he went to that pass offense. Um, and so he really showed a lot of creativity in what he does. And my player speaks extremely highly of him, of the kind of person he is. Yeah, you're right, right on that, Paul. He was he was the old, he used to be wing T and it was wing T and all of a sudden then he opened it up and, you know, had a quarterback that could run and throw the ball and he used that to his best of his ability and uh, just a great, great individual out there. Next inductee, John. Next inductee is uh, Steve Jorgensen from Oshkosh North, Kimberly and Fond du Lac. Uh, I remember the first time I met Steve, I was working a football camp at River Falls and ran into him and he impressed me then. And when he was younger and I was young and, and he just wins wherever he goes. Boy, does he ever. And um, I don't know that there's, you know, many coaches in the state that are as well-respected um, by everyone um, like Jorgie. Um, Steve Jorgensen was a head coach for 20 years, 168 wins, 10 conference championships, 14 years in the playoffs. Um, he won three state championships. He had one state runners up. Um, and he was also a very successful assistant coach for 12 years, all of them as a coordinator and, and um, really helped his son build that Fond du Lac program. And in, in my opinion, um, just a, a great coach. Um, you know, so if you look at it every year, he was a coach as a head coach or an assistant, they made the playoffs. Um, Jorgie was state coach of the year twice. He was the Fox Valley Association coach of the year eight times. And he coached in the all-star game two times. And I, I can't say that I know Jorgie real well personally. I have met him and I have had the opportunity to talk football with him. Um, he, he just impressed me with his knowledge of the game. Paul? Yeah, he's, he's currently the offensive coordinator at Nina. So watch out for the Rockets. Um, very knowledgeable. I've known him for a long time and very intense, extremely intense. And wherever he's been, the programs have grown. Like he took Oshkosh North, a team that really didn't do much to a state championship. Uh, he has been successful, like John said, everywhere. And as I, I'm surprised, he, you know, he probably didn't fill his paperwork out, but this guy's a guy that probably should have been in the Hall of Fame 10, 15 years ago. I, I agree, Everett. You're right. He he's a guy that we had to wrestle to get paperwork in from, and because he he doesn't he doesn't believe in those uh, accolades that you get from coaching, and and he uh, so it, it was numerous years that we finally finally got some him to get some information to us. All right, let's go to the next head coach inductee. Yeah, our next one is uh, 
Patrick Wagner from Milwaukee Riverside. And I've known Pat through our WFCA association. He's just an un, unrelentless worker for our association. And, and, you know, and I fortunately I haven't had to coach against him because I heard he really puts out a team there. And he seems to be the backbone of the Milwaukee uh, football area. Well, he certainly is. I, I and I, I was going to say, I jokingly call him. It's not a joke. I, I call Patrick the godfather of city conference football, and he really is. And uh, we are going to have uh, Patrick on later in, in uh, this podcast. But uh, here are some highlights. And, and believe me, these are highlights. And I, I, again, I want you to take into consideration here the length of time that he did this at uh, Milwaukee Riverside. And um, also keep in mind, you know, that uh, city conference football is a different animal and to survive as long as he did is an accomplishment in and of itself. But Patrick got 124 wins at Riverside, 18 years in the playoffs. Um, Patrick was uh, made the two state semifinal appearances with Riverside. Um, he also was eight times coach of the year. And that's various levels, including state coach of the year, um, 15 years as a WFCA district rep. Um, I can't even tell you um, all the things that Patrick did as a liaison uh, between the city conference and the WFCA. Um, he got people registered for the clinic. I mean, he literally would go and contact all the schools in the city conference to remind them to get their stuff in. Um, he made sure that city conference coaches were nominating players for the all-star games. Um, you know, he, he, and he was involved himself as an all-star game coach. He coached with me in the 2007 all-star game and also in the 2015 all-star game. Um, he was involved in the early beginnings of football only conferences for the WFCA. Um, you know, he, the liaison, as I said, uh, to the city conference for the WFCA. And uh, Patrick also won the Dick and Margie Rundle uh, Positive Influence of Coaching Award in 2021. And I'm going to save a little story till we get to, to Patrick's uh, portion of this podcast. But um, as I said, and I'm somebody who I coached, uh, head coach at two different city conference teams or schools, I should say. And uh, the things you have to navigate in the city is unlike almost anywhere. Um, and to be su as successful as he has, and not just success in the city conference, people, I'm talking success outside the city conference. Paul? Yeah, I actually got a privilege to watch this team one time. He he foolishly made the track to come up to play Rylander. Rylander was in our conference on a Saturday, went to watch him, traveled about 190 miles to play them. I was very impressed with this team. And I also was on the opposing coaching staff in that 2007 All-Star game. So he's a quality guy and great to have him on the program after this. All right, John, I think we are ready for the head coach, assistant coach inductees. Yeah, we are. Uh, John Dixon, uh, a longtime assistant uh, assistant and head coach. Um, sad to say that he passed away in 2014, or I'm sure he'd still be coaching. He already had 34 years in at that time and 18 as a head coach and 16 as an assistant and at college level and 12 years as an offensive coordinator. I mean, he was just 
a very, very quality candidate uh, for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, John was one of those rare guys that uh, not only gets it on the strength of what he did at the high school level, but also at the college level. We don't get a lot of those guys, do we, John, that 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 do both of those things. And, and certainly John Dixon was one of them. As you mentioned, John has spent 18 years as a head coach, was uh, responsible for 107 wins. Uh, he won five conference championships, 15 years in the playoffs. He was a coach of the year, seven uh, times. Um, and he spent 16 years as an assistant coach at UW Platteville, 12 of them as offensive coordinator. And as you said, I, I, you know, that, that phone call you probably made to, to John's wife was, was special this year. Yes, it was. It was, uh, you know, and I knew John and I, and I knew her cause you know, they were at UW Platteville and I was at Lancaster and their neighbors and she was a high school coach and high school teacher at that time. And uh, she, she was very successful in her uh, coaching also. So it was a great family of, of good coaches. Next inductee, John. The next one we have is, and I, I apologize if I say this wrong, John Galuski is how? Galuski. Galuski. Galuski, yes. And I coached with John in, in the <laughs> All-Star game. And I just called him Coach G. So yeah. And, when, and that's what I do when I have trouble, uh, you know, especially with some Polish names and, uh, and I'm, I'm, my mom was Polish. So uh, anyway, long story short, John from South Milwaukee. Yeah. John Galeski. I've known John forever. We go way back. I coached baseball for a really long time and, and uh, John and I used to coach against each other on the diamond and much like uh, Patrick Wagner, when you, you can't mention, you know, city conference football without mentioning Patrick Wagner, you can't mention South Milwaukee football without mentioning John Galeski. Uh, John coached in uh, 41 years at South Milwaukee, 10 as a head coach, 31 as an assistant. Uh, he was a part of 194 wins at South Milwaukee, three conference championships, and 11 years in the playoffs. He was a coordinator uh, for five years. Um, he won uh, a coach of the year honor one time. Uh, he was an all-star head coach for the South in 2014 and an assistant in 2012 and 2017. Uh, spent four years um, as a WFCA district rep. And again, a rarity, but he, but John is in the Wisconsin uh, Baseball Coaches Association uh, Hall of Fame as well. So here's a, an individual, that rare guy that... Uh, um, is in the Hall of Fame, both for football and baseball in the state of Wisconsin. And next inductee, John. Yep. Next one is Mike Minnick from DeForest uh, and New London. And most of his time at DeForest is a longtime assistant coach. And that's when I first ran into Mike. Well, working an all-star game with him. We were both uh, younger in our years at that time. And uh, uh, we worked together and I, I was impressed with them. And then he took over at the head job DeForest and had very successful years well and and like from all of the assistant coach head coach category um you know i've combined what they've done um so these are totals as a head coach and as assistant but mike was the head coach at the forest for 20 years and he was there 10 years as an assistant um had 198 wins four conference championships 22 years in the playoffs um one state championship one state uh runners up 
was state coach of the year once and received seven other coach of the year awards along the way. He was also a WFCA district rep for 15 years. So this is a, a man who's not only contributed at DeForest, but contributed to the state of Wisconsin with his involvement in the WFCA. And Micah, you know, you, you take that back, you got to understand that he's in the conference with Wanakee and everybody knows about Wanakee and the success they have. And when DeForest, you know, every year I would love to read that battle between DeForest and Wanakee. And it always, always was a tough ground out game. And, uh, you know, 10 to seven or, you know, 14 to 10 or something like that. So he definitely put a good team out there on the field. He certainly did. Next inductee. Next one is Tom Nanning from Hartford Mayville uh, area. A uh, great individual for our, our state association. He's been involved in it numerous years and he's just another outstanding candidate that we have. Yeah. I got to know Tom. He was, like Patrick Wagner, he was uh, on my staff in 2007 for um, the All-Star game. And then um, the second time that I uh, coached the South, he was the opposing coach for the North. So he coached with me in one All-Star game and coached against me in the other. And to even take it a step further, um, his son, Tommy, and my son, TC, um, were sort of student manager, ball boys or whatever in 2007 and then played against each other in the All-Star game in 2016. So Tom and I go way back. I consider him a good friend of mine. Um, 16 years as a head coach, 17 years as an assistant, 204 total wins. Tom was um, selected as coach of the year two years, was a part of nine conference championships, was in the playoffs 21 years, um, had a, a state runners-up at Mayville. He had a great team at Mayville. And uh, took second in state one year, spent 14 years as a coordinator. I don't know how many of those years John were with uh, Dan Brunner. So I'm sure he, he had to work a, a little bit as a coordinator if he was working with Dan. But uh, just as important as is what he's done for um, the WFCA, 14 years as a district rep and 17 years as awards chair. So, you know, when you go to... Uh, say the the all-star game and you see those plaques that get handed out or you go to the all-state meeting or whatever all those plaques all those things are organized by Tom Nenig and I'm telling you that is not easy to do um, Tom is a well-deserved um, inductee into the hall of fame Paul uh, do the Dan Brenner years count double yeah, I think for the it's, rubric it's anyway. Maybe yeah, even I think for top. the rubric. You might want to add that to the rubric. No, I um, actually gave a ride. He lives up by me now. He lives up by Rib Lake. Uh, his car broke down from the clinic. I gave him a ride home. I've known him for a while. And talk about another guy that's made such positive impact on kids and things. You know, he's been a principal at Mayville and things like that. And just even with the awards, everything he does, just super quality. Yeah. Every year, Tom is like begging people, please pick up your plaques because I don't want to take them home, you know, and I don't blame him for that. Yeah, and, and and just the idea of going through and making sure, you know, he's got double check spelling of how it's turned in to make sure. And <coughs> air quality problem here. But there uh, you go. Yeah, uh, just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'd like that job. I know I wouldn't. I'll, I'll just say it. I Do not ask me to do that. And God bless Tom Nenig for doing it. 
Our next inductee, John. Is uh, Dave Rush from Waukesha South and uh, Westby and Hartford. Yeah, and Dave, uh, it's actually Dave Roosh. And, and Roosh, Dave is, sorry. That's okay. Um, he spent 24 years as a head coach, 16 as an assistant, and he was coach of the year one time. Now, I want to put that in perspective, the length of time he spent at Waukesha South as a head coach. He is the longest tenured coach at Waukesha South ever, and he is the second longest tenured coach in the Classic 8 behind. Who do you think he's behind? Come on, Bill oh, Young. Yeah. Bill yeah. Young. So the only guy that has spent more time in a classic gate as a head coach is Bill Young. Um, Dave has been a part of 205 wins. He's won, been a part of nine conference championships, 14 years in the playoffs. And again, another guy who has done so much for the WFCA. Um, he served on the All-Region Committee for 20 years. And it should be mentioned, that's not always easy to do because you got to reach out to your other conference coaches and make sure they get their stuff in, sometimes beg them to get their stuff in. Um, he was the South head coach in the 2011 All-Star Game. And like a couple other coaches that we've already mentioned, Dave won the Dick and Margie Rundle Positive Influence of Coaching Award also. Again, a great candidate and a worthy inductee into the Hall of Fame. Um, next uh, inductee, please. Is Tim Simon from Middleton. Uh, you know, and I, I worked the All-Star game with him, and I, the guy is very knowledgeable. And, you know, about the same years as head and assistant, and maybe you guys don't know this, but he's a co going back as a head coach at Middleton this year as a co-head coach because uh, uh, to help a younger guy, I guess, get, get off the ground. Yeah. What about these guys, John, that come back to coaching at their schools again? You know, yeah, what's wrong with those guys? I don't know. You, 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 I'm looking at one. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I, I'm, I'm back home at Wauwatosa East. But anyway, getting to Tim, 15 years as uh, the head coach at Middleton. He spent all 32 years of his coaching career at one school. That is a rarity. Um, 17 years as an assistant, a part of 217 wins eight conference championships, 31 years in the playoffs. I think that they have a, a streak, like maybe the longest streak of, of any school of being in the playoffs in the state. He's won at least six Coach of the Year awards, and I say at least. He's not sure how many times he's been Coach of the Year. When, you, when you're not sure how many times you've won it, you've won it a lot. Um, he's been a WFCA all region rep for 11 years and he coached in three WFCA all-star games um, you know we talked about slam dunks before I think that Tim was was almost a slam dunk this year don't you agree John yes definitely and uh, uh, you know he's very he, he does a lot besides just coach football at that school Paul yeah I coached against him in all-star game known him for a while he's just really a very humble just no nonsense, very self, very self-serving type guy. Like he, like he wouldn't really know his awards. I mean, I don't think he really cares about it. Right. And again, it's obvious when he, he thinks he won at least six. So um, yeah. it, it could be more. All right, John, it's time to get into the college ranks. We have uh, one guy going in um, as a, a college representative. And yeah. Who is that? 
And that's Nelson Edmonds from, uh, he spent many years at UW-Whitewater. Right now he's at University of Dubuque, I believe. He's also at Northern Michigan. Nelson is just, uh, he, he just, he coaches success, you know, and, you know, and I'm sure the, all the Whitewater head coaches will tell you that Nelson was a component or key, key part of them being successful. And we, we know somebody who coached with him at Whitewater, and that's Dan Brunner. And Dan has been uh, speaking so highly of Nelson for a number of years now. And what a great job he did and, and really, um, you know, was a driving force behind the success Whitewater has had. You know, when you look at Nelson, the numbers speak for themselves. 24 years as an assistant, he's contributed to 11 conference champions and 10 playoff teams. Obviously, this is at the college level, so it's a little different than making it in high school. Um, he was uh, a part of four national championship teams at Whitewater and played in six national championship games while at Whitewater. Um, he spent five years as a special teams coordinator, but perhaps what he's best known for is coaching the running backs at Whitewater. And uh, Dan has said what a great job he's done there. Um, when he went to practice, he was one of the guys that was running practice for the offense. Um, he had a, a, a bat that won a, a Gagliardo or Gagliardi trophy winner, which is like the Heisman trophy for division three. Listen to this. He's coached 31 all-conference players, nine All-Americans. He has coached the top three all-time rushers at the University of Dubuque and has coached seven of the nine all-time leading rushers at Whitewater. And if you want to take that to a national level, uh, Nelson has coached two of the top four all-time Division three rushers. I mean, all this guy does is get guys yardage when they play that position for him. Um, Well-deserved. Um, so happy that we were able to put Nelson in this year. Right. Nelson is, uh, you know, and I, I used to work whitewater football camps and that was way back when I was young, but Nelson was much younger and he was just starting. And I was just, I was overwhelmed with the knowledge that he had at such a young age for being able to relate that to kids. And now we come to our one citation um, inductee and, and John, if you want to just explain what that means, a citation. Citation relates to uh, an individual that is not coaching, basically, but has given a lot for the football and is rep is well represented around not only our state, but probably even our nation, as a lot of these are officials sometimes that go in, and they not only do games for our state association, they do games for uh, the Big Ten, uh, you know, and, and in the tournament series that or the bowl game series that way. And our next candidate is Paul Feldhausen, excuse me. Um, and he's an official and he's been a conference commissioner for many, many, many years. Yeah, Paul, I've, I've known Paul for a long time, not only on the football field, but going back to, again to when I coached baseball, not only is he a, a football official, but he's also a baseball umpire. Um, as you said, is he's a long, long time official. Um, Paul's crew is considered one of the top officiating crews in the state. Um, he's very involved in the state officiating association, and he was the conference commissioner for the uh, Woodland Conference for a number of years. I don't know how many years, but I know it was a very, very long time. 
So it's it's great, you know, and, and we want to, as you've mentioned, John, we want to get uh, individuals associated with the game of football, um, their due, and the fact that, uh, you know, we can put an official uh, and uh, um, conference commissioner like Paul Feldhausen in speaks to that. And, and that's probably even maybe a higher award sometimes when you think of it, because we don't give this out every year. Yeah. It's once in a great while, and, and we want to give – these people, they're fair due, and, and Paul is one of those guys. Absolutely. Now we can get into our award winners. This is separate from the Hall of Fame, but there are still awards that we give out at the Hall of Fame banquet. And, um, you know, I'll let you introduce the the award winners, John. Yeah. And the first one will be the Dave McLean Distinguished Service Award. And everybody knows Dave McLean. You know, I, I really believe he was the one that kind of started to turn Wisconsin football around and then it got better and better with the coaches that they brought in. But Dave McLean was very, you know, just an outstanding individual for our association. Really got that going. And those two candidates, those two award winners this year are Nick Scretta and Jay Benish. Uh, and Benish, and uh, they have been helping with our uh, clinic for a number of years and uh, taken over for, I think Jay's, Jay took over for his uh, father and yeah. got his, uh, Got Nick involved. Yeah. And, you know, to put in perspective how important um, Nick and Jay are to the WFCAs, particularly, you know, uh, for the clinic, um, there are 130 vendor booths at the clinic, and Nick and Jay take care of all of the vendors. Now, obviously, they work very closely with Sharna. I mean, Sharna is the one that, that signs all those people up. Um, but uh, Nick and Jay make sure those vendors stay happy. And they make sure that they come back the next year. Um, we are typically, you know, very close to selling out all the vendor booths. And uh, how important are the vendors to us? Well, that generates over $50,000 a year for the WFCA, which helps pay for the clinic. Um, as I've already mentioned, Nick and Jay do the very best they can to keep the vendors happy. Um, and that's, uh, again, not easy. Um, and if you've been to the clinic, which, you know, all of us have, and most of the listeners have, I'm sure, you know, the, the vendor area is quite large. I mean, I, I get dizzy walking around that vendor area, snaking my way to room one, but that's done on purpose so that all the coaches that attend can, can, you know, walk in front of, you know, all the vendors that are there. And again, we, we could not do it, um, you know, with those vendors without Nick and Jay's help. And uh, very deserving of the Dave, Dave McLean Distinguished Service Award. And it's not just showing up the day of the clinic. To, you know, it's all the organization of it beforehand and setting them up. And, and, and they're there to help out those, those vendors. Hey, we need a power cord. We need this. Uh, Jay and Nick are the ones that are running around uh, doing it. And Nick's a principal at a bigger school. And he, he loves giving that. And I don't, I really don't know what Jay does, but I know I called Nick and, and uh, he, he was unbelievably happy about getting this award. Well, one more thing I know they do at the clinic too. Nick and Jay frequently give our speakers rides to and from the airport. You know, they make sure they get to the clinic and they make sure they get back to the airport for these coaches that fly in and have to get back for spring ball or something. So we have one more um, big award that we're giving out. Yeah, and it's a 
Nick and Marjorie Rundle, Positive Influence of Coaching Award. It's I, I think it might be one of our best awards. Like, I mean, Dick, like you, we know is a backbone, and Marjorie was a backbone of when our association was just starting with all the behind the work uh, that you did. But this goes to an individual that, you know, just is a positive influence at his program where he is. And ours is Jeff Wallach. Jeff is from St. Francis and involved in many, many different things with the, with uh, his players at that school. Yeah. And it's actually Jeff Wallach and um, Jeff, not only uh, is the head coach at St. Francis, but previously he was the head coach at Milwaukee, Hamilton and Milwaukee Bayview. And perhaps we could get uh, Patrick Wagner, and a little later to to mention about his time in the uh, city conference. But Doug Sarver, the athletic director at St. Francis, describes Jeff in the following way. He's a great communicator with players, parents, and teachers. Jeff has his team do a quite a bit of community service, and they also participate in community events. You know, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, the, Jeff has got the uh, football players involved in the St. Francis Fourth of July parade perhaps coming up. Jeff constantly works on motivating players in the classroom. He's on them all the time for academics. Um, Jeff works hard to get students out for football. St. Francis is the smallest public school in the Milwaukee area. Over 50% of the school is open enrollment. So there are so many challenges that, that Jeff has as football coach there. And that's at least of which perhaps, or not least of which, is the fact that he succeeded Doug Sarver as head coach. And we all know all the success that Doug had at St. Francis, you know, not a lot of people could step into that situation and survive. And, and Jeff has certainly done that. So what a great recipient for the Dick and Margie Rundle positive influence of coaching award. Yeah, very much so. And, and Doug speaks very, very highly of him and, and impressed. He says, uh, it, you know, as successful as Doug is, and Jeff has gone above and beyond what Doug does or did as a football coach with his players at this point. Yeah. Our so we got one more thing here to 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 mention. Yeah, John. that is the National High School Athletic Coaches Host Coaches Hall of Fame individuals. Uh, we're able to uh, be able to get two individuals there. That's a member. That's our WFC belongs to that membership and I am a, a the football chairperson of of that and, and involved in uh, doing uh, coach of the year and and all those things and we're able to get two great candidates uh, into it uh, Joe Labuda which everybody knows that Menominee he, uh, you know he originally came from Florida and he just made Menominee successful and uh, I just, when I talk to Joe, he, he's, he's such a humble guy to talk to. And, and uh, it, it, it's amazing. And do you want to talk about Joe at all? Tom, yeah, or? I do. I mean, this is a put in perspective. If there's a, a Mount Rushmore of, of high school football coaches in our state, I mean, Joe would have to be one of those people considered for that. Um, he had 321 wins in 32 years at Menominee. 31 consecutive playoff appearances appearances and he is fourth in state history with uh, one of the best all-time winning percentages ever 84 percent and I think that that places him like 15th nationally in terms of um, 
you know, winning percentage. Um, so, I, I, you know, Joe Labuda, again, he belongs up on that uh, Mount Rushmore of, of football coaches in the state. Tom? Yeah, it, oh, and, and I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that I love about Coach Labuda is every year when you talk to him in April, he had the worst team in the state and they weren't going to win a game. You know, you just say, oh, how are you going to, well, I don't know, you know, and then he'd go out there and he'd be level four or state or whatever it would be. But he was one of the, you know, really humble, but also I think a pretty good sandbagger. And I, I would not want to play poker against Coach Labuda because he held his cards pretty close to the vest. And and you knew they were going to be good because they were not Menominee. But but if you listen to the words coming out of Coach Labuda's mouth, you would have thought they were going to be 0-9 if you believed him. Yeah, well, I, I've got to say this. I forgot to mention this about him, but if you if you look at his career, so thirty one year or thirty two years, excuse me, at Menominee, in sixteen of those years, his teams made the state semifinals. So half the time that he coached at Menominee, they went to the final four in the state playoffs. He won five state championships and he had two runners up. So again, what a what a great uh, person to put in there, Paul. Yeah, I, I used to go over to Buck Nystrom and work on lineman camp there. Joe Labuda is one of the hardest workers you will ever find. Most intense guy. Um, it, it's incredible what he did with that program. I think when he got there, there were like forty-seven players, in, like in nineteen ninety or ninety-one when he got there, and he turned that into a dynasty. Yeah, what a what a great and and so well deserved. Yeah. And our next candidate is right here with us, uh, also going in. And he is he does a lot for our state association. It's unbelievable what he is. And uh, Tom Swiddle, who's who is there. And, you know, Tom won't speak for himself too much, but, uh, you know, he's coached. He, he just he just can't give it up. He Tom can't give it up. You know, I mean, he, he could have retired uh, many years ago and and yet he still goes out and finds a job. He's been all over the place. He's at Wauwatosa East, Brookfield East, White Vespave, Dominican, Milwaukee Tech, Milwaukee Vincent, um, just trying to get them to be successful. And I, I think Tom's maybe his biggest challenge was last year, uh, probably, and, and I don't know for sure, but when he was at Milwaukee Vincent, um, you know, going there and he would tell you stories, well, some days I'd have, 18 at practice. Next day, I'd have 23 at practice. And you just never knew um, what that's like. And unless somebody's there uh, in that in his shoes, you don't know what effort that Tom has done to be, produce successful football programs wherever he's gone. And I, I, you know, and why he gave up Brookfield East, I don't know. But that that was a school that, um, you know. Had a had a chance to win, and he did show take that, and he took him to the state finals. Uh, Tom, did you win or not? I can't even. Remember. No, no, I I uh, when I inherited Brookfield East, they had only this was 2010, and yeah. um, they had only won like three conference games the previous four years, and yeah. and we went eight and one the first year, and and you know it wasn't just me. There were so many people that that contributed to that, and. You know, we were able to build that up into just, you know, guaranteed wins. And, and you know, I had my reasons, you know, I had to do with my family and so yeah. on, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I like challenges. I'm not going to lie to you. I like challenges. We I went to Vincent last year and, and uh, 
they hadn't won anything in a long time. And um, we went undefeated in our conference and, and hosted the first playoff game ever in school history. Um, you know, and it's just things like that. And it's kind of brought me back to Wawa Tulsa East where I am now. I spent 23 years at Tulsa East previously, and I have always thought of it as my school. And uh, the program's on hard times. They've only run 18 games in the last 15 years since I've left. And um, I plan on turning that around. Well, you? I've known Tom since 1991, and I always appreciated your openness to bring people in the WFCA and the challenges that you've taken. And I was really happy when you called me. I was on my couch when you called me uh, to join the podcast and you do such a great job with everything you do. Every place you've gone, you made it better. And you do such a great job with this podcast. Uh, it's such a great thing to be part of. And I really appreciate all the things you do. And, and I know you're not about you, but you know, every place you've gone, you've made better. Thank you. I, I agree. And that's uh, Paul with our association. Uh, it wouldn't be where it is right now. I mean, Tom is, the chairman for getting uh, not only our, our booklet out now, right, Tom? Our yeah, point after. Point after, and then also he's the chairman for our, uh, um, uh, what, well, I can't even think now, I'm sorry, for your- uh, The grant committee? Yep, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's on so many different things and he's he's the cornerstone of our, uh, uh, you know, our association. Uh, you know, I, I look at, and I've been involved in many years, but uh, Tom takes a much more leadership role than, than I do. And, and of course, I don't think we all would be there with, without Dick Rundle and, and now uh, our individual leader, who Dan Brunner right now. Um, I, I think they made us, but I think Tom has made both those individuals better because they knew they could count on Tom to do whatever it takes to be successful. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Yeah. So that kind of uh, wraps things up. It, it wraps things up with you, John. And, and, and thank you for all you do with the uh, um, Hall of Fame. It, it's a huge task and it's a, it's a year long thing. And, and like so many of the things, you know, you look at Doug Sarver and the All-Star Game and, you know, Tom Nenig and all the awards that he does and, you know, there are just things that, that are your, your all year round. And, and John, you're, you know, obviously you, you, you took over for a man and Dick Rundle who started this thing, but I, I really believe, and I said it before, I, I think you have, have, have taken the hall of fame um, experience to another level. Well, Paul? thank you very much. Yeah. I want to echo that. I've known John for a while. I actually got to know him. We used to go to Platteville and play seven on seven against his teams, but and John, well, thank you for everything you've done and do, but I want to make sure everybody understands if you haven't gone to the banquet in this year in April, I, I've been to everyone since 1986. It is one of the most powerful things you will be involved in. And I would recommend everybody to go. I think it re renews your, your, uh, your work and your ethic and your belief in the thing, the good things people do. And I would encourage all coaches to attend. It's a great meal. It's a great presentation, and you make some lifelong friends there. You really do. I met some people that I really didn't know, like back in 1986, and, and we're still friends today. So I would tell you, it's a great show. And, and those Scottish bagpipes, I almost started playing the bagpipes. That's how much inspired I was. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I have no talent, 
But um, seriously, so it is an unbelievable event. It's the Saturday night of the banquet. Um, it's it's awesome. And then the, the after parties are even better because the stories and the things that go on are incredible. It is. And I, 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 I enjoy, uh, you know, my best part is talking to the people right away, but then the banquet and all the activities. And like you say, this, the bagpipers that come in, that's something very special. And we almost lost that because we lost our leader and we were able to scramble and get one person the next year. He'll take it over and he'll get it back to being like two or three bagpipers. And that sends a shiver up my back you know when you yeah. listen to those guys come in and you just see the marching in of the hall of fame members it, it is something special it certainly is and and you're something special and john again thank you so much uh for doing all that you do and and joining us on the podcast today and what thank we'd like to much. do right now i'm sorry john i just said thank you very much and paul and and tom and tom you guys are doing a great job keep it up thank you